Division A community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without division and community. I am your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, where we record this in every episode of the podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, also a team member at Hill City. I've been trying to not identify you as lead pastor. <laughs> You're a team member. You say that about yourself. You say I'm a team member. I like yeah. that. The very humble John Wackler. <laughs> Wags, what's going on, man? Man, pollen is what's going on. Goodness gracious. So I got to play golf yesterday, but which is great. But I about the fourth hole in, the wind was whipping so much. I was like, I might look like Hitch by the end of this. Like it was it was bad. Yeah. It it's wild. Like I Jenny and I have been trying to take advantage of work from home and like go out on the back porch when it's sunny, but like I'll look down at my laptop. It'll be covered in pollen. <laughs> I know. It's gross. I know. But Tis the season. That's how we get these beautiful flowers. That's I've right. Having grown up, was pollen bad where you grew up? It wasn't. I actually didn't. I just thought I got a cold every spring. Yeah. When I first came down to Richmond, <laughs> my mom would be like, are you taking your vitamins? Um, yeah. But I was like, "I yes, I am, I think. But I, I just, I don't know. I, it happens this time every year. And then finally, somebody, it was like literally like four years later. Someone yeah. was like, you might have allergies. I was yeah. like, nah. But (laughs) (laughs) I like, you know, as I've been getting more into stopping and, you know, stopping and smelling the flowers and noticing things, Virginia really does have, I mean, all of the pollen tornado really does produce one, like an amazing array of like flowers and trees and stuff. Yeah. So it definitely, it does eventually pay off. But if you're the kind of person who doesn't stop and like appreciate a park or something, pollen must just be. A zero-sum game for you. (laughs) Like, truly treat yourself to a landscape of azaleas (laughs) or something, because otherwise, what good is the pollen? (laughs) All right. Well, today, um, we are going to kind of, in a way, continue our conversation about casinos from last week with another hot topic, especially here in Virginia, that is (laughs) vice-related. And that is that as of, is it June or July 1? I think it's July 1st. Yeah, July 1st. Marijuana will be pretty much legal. Um, it's a process, so I don't. it won't be legal for like retail sale until 2024 or something like that. But um, yeah, basically it'll be like a first big step to marijuana legalization, not only in Virginia, but in the South. I think we're the first decriminalization in the, I believe so, in yeah. the Southern states. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. We um, should note that we have kind of had this conversation on Facebook Live last summer, but um, I don't know that we gave it its due. And also we weren't talking from a place of like impending legalization, which I think is important. But before we do that, we're going to do our new segment for 2021 from the feed. Okay, well, um, the feed... uh, I mean, the Derek Chauvin trial happened uh, this week, so we were recording on, what, the 22nd? Um, So that's definitely the feed. Yeah. Um, Is there anything, maybe before we touch on that and some of the other stuff that's going on subsequent to that, um, was there anything else in your feed? Anything less dour? No, I just, I was trying to think of that this morning. I really, outside of everything trial related, it really was only sports. Really? Those are my two options in my feed right now. Give me one thing that – because I'm definitely that person who will not watch a sport but will watch a sport documentary. What's like – what's the hot goss in sports right now? Well, you know, with um, 
the NBA is like coming to its playoffs, like the end of their regular season. So that's people are concentrating on that baseball season just started. So people are just kind of amped up on those two things. And so that's what my feed is like just riddled with that. The NFL draft is tonight and starts tonight. So anyway, that's yeah. just, it's like a conglomeration of all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but then, it, yeah, nothing like fun or like, I even like searched <laughs> I'm like, is there anything like really? funny in my feed right now? And there just wasn't. It was just like sports or. Yeah. The trial. This, yeah. 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 I think the only thing, I guess my version of that would be like nerd stuff. So people have been talking about um, Disney Plus has released a new like Avengers uh, tie-in um, yeah. show, the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which funny, like also sort of ties into the more serious stuff because it has like heavy the, the idea of it is basically like um, like America will not accept a black Captain America. So it's mm. pretty heavy, but it's also a really fun show. Um, and then for some reason, my feed is still very clogged with talk about uh, the Kong versus Godzilla movie, <laughs> which <laughs> let me tell you, if you haven't seen it, what a way to get away from things for an hour and a half. It is it is a movie that it literally doesn't matter if it's good or not because the premise is so perfect. Okay. Like if you can't get on board for giant gorilla fighting <laughs> giant alligator, I don't know what to do. Right. With yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, the the there was a guilty guilty on all three charges verdict um came back for Derek Chauvin, um who was the police officer who um killed George Floyd. Um, and so there's just a lot of talk around that. And then yeah. since then, there have been some other highlighted um, police-involved killings um, that, have, that have literally happened, like, even as the verdict came out in different cities. Um, we even had one emailed to us from someone in our church. Yeah. I think it was, like, two days before the verdict. But Yeah. yeah. Um, that was eerily similar to yeah. um, what happened. Um, in Ohio. In Ohio. So it was a sort of a knife situation. So yeah, boy, this continues to be a conversation. What Wags, I would like to hear your thoughts or maybe a thought um, that you're kind of having during all of this. Man, there's, so I'll just give you maybe a couple of quick ones. One, there, there was like the collective sigh of relief of like a glimmer of justice um, or I should say, you know, as we talked about, accountability is probably a better phrasing. Um, that was like so good, mm-hmm. you know, and I realize there's a long way to go on a lot of these, you know, on this topic in particular. But that little glimmer of c- accountability and where to go with that, I, I think, was really good. Um, I also like honestly, this is for probably another episode and maybe even bringing some people in. I just. I'm starting to have way more questions mm. than opinions, which is probably good. Yeah. You know, um, certainly what our line is here. I know. I I'd just, you know, I think I had more opinions. I mean, if I'm really being, if I can honestly self assess, mm-hmm. um, I think I had more opinions like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm starting to have like way more questions. Mm. Um, you know, I've talked about my friend who's in the secret service and, you know, we've got state trooper, some state troopers here at church and some, you know, we had Cherno on here, you know, you know, trains officers. And after having conversations with them and asking them questions, there's just there's some other things. That I just I don't know. It just it, it makes things like I don't know. I, I just have a lot of questions. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, you know, I've been blessed to have a neighbor um, who I've grown close with who's a police officer in Henrico, so I've gotten to ask her a lot of questions and get good feedback. And um, I think one of my takeaways is definitely, well, my big takeaway, which I said online, um, is honestly one of my big takeaways is like that, that high-definition camera that you carry around in your pocket is a more powerful weapon than any gun or whatever, <laughs> like that lawyer or, you know, like the fact sure. that um, we can now, again, have high definition video on top of body cam footage, um, I think is important and to me is an important accountability thing for us as a society. Because, you know, for a long time, we were definitely, and I think a lot of like, a lot of, quote-unquote developed cultures so even if you go somewhere like hong kong or tokyo or um i don't know paris or you know whatever london um sort of a downside of developed cultures is that like look straight ahead and keep walking vibe like if you've ever been to new york it's like a survival tactic in busy places in new york right Mm -hmm. you just like no matter what's going on around you just keep walking unless it directly affects you and that's just like what it is to live in a busy society so i think it's been a big accountability thing of um a call for people to to stop and say like stop and pull your phone out and videotape or if you don't at least stop and like see what's going on like be involved in what's happening with the people that live in the city with you um i to me that was like yesterday um I haven't actually told you this story because it just happened, but I took Clarabelle to the Wawa to get um, a Slurpee, right, because um, she had done good on a test. And um, the, when we drove up, I saw a guy on the side of the building, and he was, like, facing the brick wall. And then as we got closer, I realized he he had, like, a cardboard, like, a piece of cardboard in front of him, and he had taken his shoes off, and he was a Muslim guy doing his prayers. Uh-huh. And my first instinct was like i need to like watch out for this guy that doesn't mean that i'm anything special but like that wouldn't have been my instinct i think i would have just been ambivalent you know in another time of my life but my first instinct was like somebody's gonna say something or be disrespectful or maybe even like i don't know drive their car too close to him or whatever and so um you know, I didn't tell Claire about what was going on, but I just kind of like parked and I was like, okay, like have your Slurpee. And I just sat and like watched and hopefully he didn't feel like I was, sure. I had ill intent, yeah. but, um, I sat and watched him for a while and then she started to get restless and at, I drove away. And like when I was at the stoplight, I looked over and sure enough, somebody had driven by and like yelled something mean to him. Mm-hmm. And it was just that, like, I think for me, the whole Chauvin trial, one big takeaway I have is the importance of a the phone and you know the the power of that thing that you carry around in your pocket and you know and then also of community engagement just stopping and being like hey like what's going on here is everyone okay or what's the deal does that make sense it does what's one faith related like our christian faith related takeaway for you through this yeah that's a good question i think that it's for me um so I, I have constantly struggled in my faith with an overarching pessimism. And there's no better thing, there's no better food for a pessimistic spirit than bad times. Mm. So p- pandemics yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. injustice. And what it's really taught me is 
that um, a big part of not only um, Christian authenticity, but also being in the presence of God is seeing the hope and the joy in things, even especially when they're at their worst. Yeah. So my, I have noticed the spirit kind of putting on me like, this is bad. Where are you seeing the good? Like, what was the Mr. Rogers thing? Like, look for the helpers, right? Like, right. look for the yeah. people. And so I've been overwhelmed by what I can only describe as the Holy Spirit, like, as I've invited um, that to abide in me daily of showing me, like, Here's here's what's bad, but like look at these little goods. Like look at these little. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It's not very pastoral. That's not like that's like no, me personally. That's, is no, that's happening. okay. I yeah no no I think that that's okay. I think everyone. I, I wish I wish more Christians would actually take a step back, and whether that's you know doing what you're talking about or whatever, but or, you know, I've just so many of people in my feed are obviously Christians. You know, um, especially if I'm friends with them and stuff, and I'm like, man. If I were a non-Christian and got a hold of my feed Mm. and just saw how a bunch of Christians are responding either one way or the other, Mm -hmm. like I I don't care, like with this in particular with the trial, man, I I just don't know that they would see a lot of Jesus. Yeah. You know, and so that's like, um, I don't know. I just been reading. Yeah. I just been reading through the Sermon Mount over and over again. And I, I do that a lot, actually. But like they're. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, sort of the same, but the inverse of that for me has been, as I've looked, I've started to, like one of the things that I've found very heartening, we were talking about this off mic, is this narrative that I've seen in both Christian and non-Christian, believing and non-believing, which to me is an indicator of like Christ permeating, you know, like the rocks cry out, right? Like you you can say what you believe and say whatever you want, but there's an aspect of, it's like how Christmas is everywhere, right? Like there's that sort of hopeful aspect of like Christ is going to get after it no matter what. And so one of those things for me has been seeing a narrative permeating of like, hey, after the verdict, are you celebrating right now? Because really what we want is a world in which, police don't kill people and then don't have to go to jail. Like right. if you're, if you're celebrating this guy going to jail because he killed somebody like step back and think like, what's the world you really want out of this? Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people again on both sides of the face spectrum starting to get what I would consider a very Christ like concept of, well, really what we want is George Floyd to still be alive and Derek Chauvin not to be on trial, like yeah. not to have to go to jail. Right. Yeah. So that's been hopeful. Yeah, and I think the complexity of like with a Christian faith in the midst of all this stuff is both George Floyd and Derek Chauvin in a Christian's mind to God, they're a child of God. Right. Created in the image of yeah. God. Yeah. And so it's like you 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 have to like take both of those things in at the same time. And that's a really hard thing to do. It's a it hard really tension. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's and a hard so. tension to hold in a in a binary thought yeah. process for sure. Um cool. Well oh, wait, I did forget and in the feed it was not that was not Mormon. bad because we talked about it. The languishing article. That thing was great. Yes. <laughs> that is like a, yes, that was great. Yeah. Um, that, that's a whole episode. <laughs> um, if you, I guess Google, was it New York times? Yeah. New York times, Adam Wright. Cause we're reading his book. Yeah. Um, think again, but, um, yeah, the, the New York times languishing article yeah. is just so dang good. So good. I might link it in the show notes if that helps anybody yeah. too. 
Cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the main event of this episode, a conversation about the legalization of marijuana in the state of Virginia. Y'all know we stay curious over here. here, 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 here. The lead in should be like you should play a clip or something <laughs> play a clip of like <laughs> peter tosh like legalize it yeah all right all right all right <laughs> yeah the, the for somebody who's never smoked weed never plans to the amount of like marijuana culture knowledge i have is <laughs> dangerous <laughs> um so yeah we should start off by saying um if you didn't check out the facebook live from last summer where we sort of prefaced everything um i'm I still consider myself straight edge, which I know to some people seems like childish, but I I abstain from drugs and alcohol as a form of solidarity with those who can't. Um, so I'm not, I haven't ever smoked pot, and I my commitment is never to, so mm-hmm. hopefully I stick to that. Um, and then, have you ever smoked? I have not smoked anything. I did not inhale. I did not inhale. <laughs> I'd, um, no, I've never smoked anything. Really? Um, yeah, I love the smell of a cigar. But never. Um, I have smoked a cigar okay. when I before when I was like really young. <laughs> no, never smoked anything. I I don't know. I I guess I was just always petrified like of it for some reason. Something got wired into me at yeah. some point that I was just like I will never do that. Um, I mean I drank a lot. Yeah, like that was my vice. Right. Um, but yeah, I never. I I had some friends who did, but like. Yeah, that just wasn't a thing. Yeah. So in some in some ways, the two of us kind of don't have a dog in this fight per se. Correct. Um, although it's our community that's yeah. you know, making this decision to legalize. So we do have a dog in the fight. Yeah. But um, we are not coming from – and that's one of the things that I think bothers me sometimes about this conversation, not just with marijuana, but like when people get into like psychedelics and taking mushrooms and MDMA and like all of this stuff, like the medical applications or whatever for some of it, I'm always like – do you just like using it and now you're like intellectualizing? I know. I always have that question, especially yeah. in like those kind of like Joe Rogan-y spaces, like sort of libertarian like yeah. um, conversations. I can't – it's it's rare when I hear someone talk about that stuff intelligently where I'm not also like, yeah, but like you kind of just like want to do it too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was like I was recently around someone who was as high as anything on shrooms. Yeah. And um, – but – Part of why this person does it, um, and I don't know how frequently he does it, but he talked about creativity. Yeah, as creativity goes off the charts, I'm like, there's not like there's nothing about creativity when I saw him. Like, (laughs) he don't seem creative. I had a I had a really intense argument one time with a somebody about whether or not Jim Morrison was actually a good poet, the singer from The Doors, Uh because could he write poetry sober? And like, there's a whole thing there about like, can you create? sober like and if you can't and you can only when you're not yeah what is the like integrity what's the artistic integrity there also whole nother podcast (laughs) um all of that is to say yeah like the two of us are not sort of in a position where we feel like we're trying to justify or indemnify something correct we're just trying to figure it out as it happens absolutely um so i think that i have some thoughts and i tend to talk for a long time so i want to hear your initial thoughts as you hear okay you know marijuana is gonna we're gonna talk about what that means legal quote unquote mm-hmm. but what are you, what were your initial thoughts when it's like okay we're gonna be legal on july 1 yeah you know my initial thoughts were I, there is a sense of relief around the conversation because i think the decriminalization is a good thing um you know for multiple reasons for the the sentencing that some 
people have gotten because of just possession is insane. Um, how it impacts, you know, in particular black and brown communities, um, infinitely more, even though more white people smoke weed than, you know, so like I'm talking percentage wise, not just number. Um, I, so I think like that part was actually like, um, a, a good thing. I think, uh, I've, I've got a friend who, you know, had, um, horrible, um, RLS, you know, restless leg Mm -hmm. syndrome and, um, that smoking weed was the only way he could get rid of it. Mm. And, um, so for him it was like a total medicinal thing. He's not addicted to it or anything. He just at night, like it's the only way he can actually sleep, you know, rather than getting on like some kind of like hardcore yeah. Drug or something. So I think that there's like a relief element to some of this discussion. I, but I would also couple it with like a concern element too that, um, not all the information that's coming out of like Colorado is like roses, you know, yeah. <laughs> roses, yeah. you know, and unicorns and rainbows. And yeah. so, um, I think that there's, I, it feels to me like even like researching stuff, it feels to me right now that a lot of times, we're not like f- thinking through the whole spectrum, mm. you know, we're just kind of like legalize it yeah. or not, yeah. you know, it's like one of those, one of those two. And it doesn't feel like this is like thought out in its fullness yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing we're learning is like societies don't tend to think things out. like groups of people don't think things out. They take a stance yeah. and <laughs> fight yeah. for it. Um, yeah. And, but that's also just kind of how, group psychology works right so there's yep. there's some aspects of that me- mechanism that i'm not sure we're going to perfect in the next 200 years um yeah but we can always work toward that um i think that the decrim I, I think the thing that's heartening for me is that there's been a shift into a conversation about decriminalization because i feel like this conversation when i was growing up was very much about the difference between government control of your personal life and letting people do what they want. Right. Which is, I think, a, not a, not as helpful a frame for this conversation. If that's the frame for the conversation, then that can go into, like, hardcore drugs or, or prostitution or pornography. Like, you know, if it's just yeah. a – if it's just a – you either are for the government knowing what you do in your bedroom or you're for liberty or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, for me, was, like, a dangerous binary to work in for mm-hmm. this conversation. And I feel like the conversation, at least on the large um, stage, so I know there are people here locally and like a lot of folks in the black and brown community that for a long time have been saying, this is not about, I want to do what I want to do. It's yeah. about like criminalization, you know, decriminalization. Yeah. But like on the larger stage, it has shifted to become about decriminalization. And I think that that's probably where I started being like, okay, I'm on board for this. Because my primary concern um with marijuana has never really been like the gateway drug thing, which is not totally debunked, but it's like pretty well contested is like the amount of people who use marijuana and then move on to use hardcore drugs. is just not like a watertight statistic. It's Yeah. Cause I I was, I read a lot about that leading up to this and um, you're right. Like primarily that concept is not true Mm -hmm. that it automatically leads to something else. Now the proponents of the gateway drug thing, and there's some a little bit of research to this too. Um, folks that use harder, mm-hmm. you know, drugs, there is a commonality. Yeah, that marijuana. That was marijuana a part is of part their of it. Journey. So like there is like there's a little bit of a 
push and pull there in that conversation where it's not fully, it's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, it's primarily not true for people, but there is like this link Mm -hmm. to people that go on to use heroin or cocaine or whatever. It's definitely part of like a sort of substance arms race story that you have where you're always looking for the next thing. Yeah. But like the gateway drug thing is not primarily my concern. My big concern has always been, um, like how does the illegal trafficking and distribution of of this substance which i would consider to be not harmless but like a lot less harm- i would i would even make the argument that like alcohol is probably more of a problem most of the time and there's I, other cultures yeah. that would also make that <laughs> there there are cultures that are like rastafarian culture like a lot of cult- native cultures that like have grown and used cannabis often make the argument of like we were fine until white people brought whiskey yeah. to our reservation. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a there's a big argument to be made there that alcohol's worse. Yeah. yeah. So that's you know so like the harmfulness necessarily of marijuana use is not my concern. My concern was definitely the like how is the purchase how is the money flowing? How is the purchase and distribution of marijuana funding cartels that then do human atrocities? Yeah. From from distributing harder drugs to also just like if you've ever looked into how the cartel behaves, especially <laughs> sure. on this continent, very upsetting. Yeah. So that was always my concern. So, so this helps with that. If we governmentize it, then it, then it sort of cuts the money flow off in some ways to the larger like cartel system. Mm-hmm. And then also helps with, yeah, how, how is marijuana, minor marijuana possession used to um, further like indemnify and demonize minority yeah. um populations one thing i want to say about that is i I was doing some research into like the minimum sentencing and stuff like that and one thing that i found interesting in virginia anyway so i can't speak for all the states is like the sentencing for possession um if you look at it as like how much jail time is has always been fairly low Mm -hmm. the thing i think people don't pay attention to i certainly didn't until i started working with homeless populations and um like unemployed folks like directly in the past year or so is the revoking of your driver's license Mm. so they treat marijuana possession like um drunk driving okay and so it's but but with even fewer offenses to get your license revoked for six months and that is a prison sentence in and of itself in this city anyway i think like somewhere like chicago somewhere where or new york where there's like reliable public transportation transportation, it's different but somewhere like richmond if you've i would challenge anybody who is thinking right now "Uh, you know you get your license revoked like you got off light go on you you don't even have to do it yourself go on your phone and start like noodling around with the maps app just with transit you yeah. know like if you were taking the bus from where you're at right now and let's say you worked at target or like at your doctor's to get to your doctor's office or whatever yeah i mean a 10 minute car trip is an hour long bus trip in this town in a lot of places yeah and then the expense of everything too and yeah. all that yeah yeah no, so it's a, that was one thing yeah. i had never thought about really was like man revoking your driver's license for possession is a death sentence for a lot of people yeah because then you lose your job you know you can't mm-hmm. get to your doc you know doctor's appointments you can't yeah. what do you do without your driver's license well what you do is you keep driving and then you get pulled over and now you have a minor possession on your record and you have you're driving on a suspended license yeah. now you're in trouble right 
Yeah. It's interesting. The more <laughs> you, like, you read about it, it's like you can't ignore the medical benefits of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just that especially in comparison to like using opioids and stuff like that. I'm like, what are we fighting in that for? Yeah. You know, like, so you would rather me use the heroin that you say is OK. <laughs> yeah. than it's like a, the, yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy argument. But so that piece, I think, has got to be. And I know there's already elements of that's getting worked in and everything. But I think the widespread acceptance of all that has got to be like better. You know, there's the tax benefit of it. You know, Colorado just passed um, one billion mm-hmm you know, from tax revenue, um, from it. I think even when you're talking about policing, if the police aren't, yeah, you know, worried about marijuana possession on stuff, they can look at other things. I think you can, you, when you look at the impact on people's body, it is less than alcohol. Yeah. Like you can't get away from that. Mm-hmm. And so when you compare pot and, um, and alcohol, like, man, if you're doing a pro cons list, yeah. it's hard not to come away being like, Hey, Actually, weed's like technically better for you than alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And the money thing, like, so these are some old numbers, but I did <laughs> pull some up. Um, the Cato Institute reports that Virginia spent $81.2 million enforcing marijuana prohibition in 2016. Now, the amount of marijuana arrests went up from there. So in, in 2016, it was 21,000 arrests. 2017, it was 27,000. And then 28,000 in 2018. So it stands to reason that um, by 2018 we were in we were in the hundreds of millions of dollars for enforcement. So reducing that number and then creating revenue—it's a big deal. I mean, it seems yeah, yeah, it's it's monetarily monetarily for sure. But more capitalism for you to work with. Oh God, <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> These are like if there are two hills that I would not die on. It's like people's want to smoke weed and people's need for capitalism. Um, so lest you guys think we're just like all in on this thing. Um, there are cons. Yeah. Like there are, there are definitely cons. Like there's, you know, even like the driving element is a con. Like yeah. we don't have like something in place right now to, to work with that. We don't have, um, yeah, there's no breathalyzer for like how high you are. Correct. Basically. Yeah. There's the, um, there is merit to the gateway discussion, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's also, I was looking at this, the, in Colorado, 29% of the people constitute 88% of the sales. So it's a lot of people using, just like with casinos. Correct. A lot, it's of, a lot people of people using a lot of pot. A lot of pot. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Or, sorry, small amount of people small, using correct. a lot of pot. Yeah, yeah. So the, you know, the heaviest users are smaller percentages. Um, and what's interesting is it's especially in the 26 and older market. Mm. Um, and and so it really like hones in uh, around there. Um, there is like a profit side to this, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I was joking about the capitalistic element to it, but there is a profit side to this that also feeds into um, what can be a public health issue. Like think about what we do with marketing with alcohol right now. Yeah. And, and alcohol is not good in the end, yeah. right? Like someone will be like, Wags, you, you partake here and there. I do. Like mm. – I, I like an old fashioned. Okay, I do. But I mean, honestly, I don't do it very often yeah. at all. And if I do, it's one and I'm done, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, but in reality, 
there there is like the way it's marketed and celebrated and everything like we have a drinking problem in our country mm-hmm. and so it's a public health issue just like what they did with cigarettes yeah you know the the same thing's going to happen with this and and i do think that there is a big con to that we haven't gotten into the faith element but like there is like a, yeah. a, a, a some cons there too yeah and it's worth noting that like on the cdc website which it's so funny that I feel like COVID has taught us like, hey, you know what? CDC is not so bad. We should probably listen to them more often. <laughs> um, you know, on the CDC website, it, it definitely highlights um, developmental issues if you start smoking too young. Mm-hmm. And we know that that'll happen. Yep. Like if mom and dad have packs of marijuana cigarettes in the house, like the kids are going to break into the, right. <laughs> you know. And it, and it does, like neurologically affects your, can affect your brain development if you sure. smoke too young. Um, And then the other thing is, um, so from the CDC website, it says marijuana use, especially frequent, so daily or near daily use, um, and use in high doses, so bongs and big, you know, like finding ways to get as much in as as you can, um, can cause disorientation and sometimes cause um, anxiety and paranoia. More importantly, though, um, marijuana users are significantly more likely than non-users to develop temporary psychosis and also long-lasting mental disorders, including schizophrenia. Yeah. So if you are predisposed to those things, there is an element to um, THC. Now, and, you know, you can get into, like, well, how potent is yeah, it? Yeah, you've got to regulate it. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, but there is an element to it that does not exist in, in alcohol or cigarettes, mm-hmm. right, um, that um, can agitate or onset um psychoses that you know certain types of psychoses so that is a very real thing like we cannot gloss over that does it happen all the time no um are there lifelong pretty heavy marijuana users that have never had a psychotic break or never experienced schizophrenic um tendencies of course but we also can't gloss over that like it's not nothing (laughs) it's on cdc website (laughs) um so that's also something to like keep in mind and and in most cases heavy alcohol use will not will not agitate a schizophrenic break or, or like onset, you know, temporary psychosis. Um, Except it brings on other things. For sure. I mean, look, <laughs> yeah. I am stock up on pot more than I am on, <laughs> on alcohol. Um, but, it, you know, again, so that you guys don't think that we're just, this is like yeah. a rating you yeah. a pass. I have a question for you as a pastor and hmm. we're going to get, and then we'll transition to the faith element of this. Do you get the sense that when people ask you about this topic, because we get asked about it, like we get asked to talk about it on here a lot. Yeah. Do you get a sense that when people ask you about this topic, they really are just asking either for your condemnation or permission? Yes, for sure. So this this topic reminds me um, when we did like um, uh, college ministry, whenever they would ask me things like, well, how many drinks is too far? Mm-hmm. Or how much like how much can I hook up? Yeah. Yeah, like what's too like, far and yeah, up, it's yeah. like you're you're starting with the wrong question. Yeah, every time. Mm, that's right. Good. That's a good thought. Like because what you're doing is you're saying, "Where's my limit that I can push to?" Yeah. So it's like, why would you? Why would you even want to do that? Yeah. Like, why would you want to like see what your limit is? Because if you try to see what your limit is, you'll go over it. Yeah. You know, and then you get into bad behaviors, right? So I feel like it's the same thing with this mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. You know, people are asking like, well, Wags, what can I do this or not? Is this a sin or not? Whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but why are you asking me? Yeah. And the reality is, is most of the time they're asking me because they want to smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel so. like I feel like the other side of it is definitely like, 
people and this is you're right that's more common but the other side of it is people wanting you like like pastor can you give me an unequivocal moral judgment on this thing so that when my kid does it or my brother does it or my roommate does it i can like with authority tell them that they're going to hell or whatever i know no that's for sure part Um, of it too yeah yeah i i was thinking about that the other day i was like some people that have asked about it are definitely curious and are just like man what like what is it? What's your take on this? Yeah, but I think most of the time, and probably more so for you as the teaching pastor, it's the subtext is: can I either have a permission slip <laughs> to do it, or have a permission slip to judge people who do yeah. it? Yeah, no, that's true. That's for sure true. But there's the faith element to all this. You know, you can't get away from that, and that's why when I get into conversations around like smoking weed, or as I brought the other stuff too, it's like, you know, at the end of the day you got to figure out, is this a form of escapism mm. where you're like doing this to escape reality or escape something that's going on? Or um, because that kind of mindset does not feed into our faith and that kind of mindset is not healthy, right? Like we know that. Um, and so we, we know that if it's about escapism and numbing yourself, that's not good, mm. right? Nor that, that ties, that will push us away from a, as you were talking about earlier, like allowing the spirit of God to move within Mm us. Um, I think there's the element too of like, are we doing, um, when you think about even having a drink, like um, I've had this conversation because they've said like, well, what about in Colossians 3 when it's like, whatever you do in word or deed, like do it all for the glory of God. Or, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, like uh, what other, you know, we eat or drink, like do it all for the glory of God. And, and they're like, how can alcohol be that way? Or, or, or they're justifying alcohol being like, I'm just having like a drink with my friends. Like I'm not getting drunk. I'm not trying to do anything like that. It's just like, I like a old fashioned with my friends and we laugh and there's a part of love and community in that. I can honestly, I can see that, you know, and I think you do have to be careful too in this conversation. Um, again, what's the purpose behind all of it? I think the second thing is like, how does this impact your faith? and your connection to the spirit of God moving in you. And the third thing is, is like really calling to um, an element of like wisdom in all these decisions. Like what's the wise thing for you? Like you bringing up some of those things about psychosis and Mm -hmm. some of those, like what's the wise thing for you to do? And then the fourth thing I would say, and also with that wisdom piece is also like understanding, like when you talk about THC and all those things, like there are, there are wise things around this topic as well. Um, but then the, I would say the fourth thing, uh, I know I'm rambling, but the fourth thing is don't be a hypocrite. Mm. Like don't sit there and like take this harsh stance on like weed. If you're not doing that with alcohol, yeah. like don't, um, don't take this harsh stance and prejudge people. If you aren't like doing the same thing about people who overeat yeah. or, um, who drink too much coffee, yeah. like is caffeine a natural substance that's okay for you? Of course. Yeah. Like, um, but too much of it isn't. Yeah. You know, so like there, I, I think a lot of times what happens in these conversations is um, just people get hypocritical in their responses and aren't exactly, um, and they're not aware of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I think those are four things that would just challenge people when it ties into our faith. Yeah, I think an aspect of the wisdom thing, too, is thinking to yourself, as we think back about, like, mm, gateway drug is dicey, but there's this element of, like, but everyone who ha- – it seems that a large number of people who have a hardcore drug story 
marijuana is like a common factor. Um, So is alcohol, by the way. Right. A hundred (laughs) percent. And so thinking about in while you try to discern like what is wisdom in this situation is like the Bible doesn't delineate. I mean, occasionally we'll talk about wine. Don't get drunk with wine or like, you know, um, there's a Proverbs that's I think it's 21. That's like um, wine is scathing and beer is a brawler and those who follow them are fools. Right. Well, there's a lot of also. Sorry to interrupt, but like sober mindedness. That was what I was getting yeah. to. It was like, really, the concern is sobri- like, you, what is your level of like sober mindedness? Like, are you awake and alert enough to? I'm, I'm looking at it now. Like in First Peter 5 8, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to, to devour. So be sober minded and watchful. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, are you? And part of that for me is don't get into the like substance arms race which is what I see people do a lot. Like if you notice that the only time you smoke a joint is because you've had a couple of beers or like, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of glasses of wine or in the same respect, like I loosen up enough with, you know, some pot and then I have a couple of right off the bat. Yeah. Be careful about that. People, cultures, I could, uh, uh, it seems silly to most people that I could come back to Rastafarianism, <laughs> but like it's a real, it's a real culture, it's a real religion. It's yeah. been around a long time, but like cultures that have responsibly and effectively used this um, substance as not an escape, but as like an actual integral part of like their again sharing and like having a culture, they are so resistant to the idea of mixing it with anything else. Yeah, like you. No, we don't drink. Like, this is not this. They don't even see it. They don't see cannabis as the same as, like, alcohol or opioids or whatever. So when you're – if you're choosing to partake, thinking of even the small thing of, like, am I starting the sort of, like, substance arms race? Because then where does that stop? If I can't smoke a joint unless I've had a couple of drinks or I can't have a couple of drinks unless I've smoked a joint, well, then, like, how how long is it until you're, like, you know, have that Xanax in the cabinet and, like, that sounds nice. Or, like, when people are, like – either hiding what they're doing right we've talked about that like if you're hi- if you're trying to hide something that's immediate yeah you know like it's immediate thing and i would also say to that too if you're using it and you say things like this well this is the only way i can be myself mm. you know like that's like that tells you something about either a the grip it has or b where your mindset really is and that's not a healthy mindset and i was also say that even when we think about scripture too and this goes for everything but in particular this conversation but you know, there's that element where we're supposed to be, you know, we can't conform to the world around mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that play into it. And so our mindset has to be centered around that, mm-hmm. um, which, again, there's some gray areas. Right. And we've got to appreciate those gray areas, because like like if you sat here and told me, Wags, like um, rather than be on some kind of opioid, mm-hmm. like I am, I, I smoke a joint because for xyz it's gotten me off this hardcore stuff and it's allowed me to do that but i smoke a joint four times a week i'd be like cool yeah i mean yeah you know what i mean yeah so like there's so i think that there's again we got to appreciate gray areas and some of this stuff and it's not you know we're not trying to especially for the two of us who don't (laughs) partake like we're not sitting here trying to i think there's a there's always a danger when especially when like two pastors are talking about a thing like that people will perceive it as okay, we're going to set more gentle rules for you now. Or like, we're gonna, you know, it's not really about that. It's just about how do you think about it? Yeah. Like what's the, what are the rules you're setting for yourself? Don't look to someone else um, to set those rules for you. Read, read your Bible. Yeah. Think about what being sober minded and alert means mm-hmm. and then have wisdom. Don't like, 
don't continue to come to you know one of us and be like can you just give me some ground rules because i'm going to be like i mean my ground rules are i don't do any of it yeah <laughs> so you want my ground rules because they're pretty yeah. harsh you know um just you know try to cultivate wisdom in that um and also down to the particulars um so it's not like because god please don't get news from us <laughs> like <laughs> go on the news to get news but um we should mention that um, it's not like on July one, we're going to wake up and like, it's all good. Uh, right. like it's very strict. It's like an individual can grow four plants in their own home out of the view of the public. You can have a certain amount. You still can't have like intent to distribute and there still won't be retail sales. Yeah. So this wisdom is going to have to continue for the next few years because you still need to be concerned about where you're getting it from because you don't want a, you don't want to get something that's got yucky stuff you know like right other psychedelics and stuff yeah in it. b you don't want your money going to one of these cartels because it's basically like giving your money to a terrorist organization <laughs> so you want to know where it's coming from and be wise about that even as it's legal for you to have it and use it um and c uh you need to keep in mind that like until there's like legal taxable retail organizations open there's still a black market like yeah. there's still i guess that kind of goes with b but like there's going to need to be an immense amount of wisdom in the present in the absence of infrastructure that you'll need to cultivate to be a you know a christian you know like a faithful yeah. christian who also is choosing to you know partake in this and don't use that argument uh it's in genesis one i can remember the exact verse about how god gave us plants oh to use gosh. Like, that is a silly biblical argument to use. Heroin it's, comes from plants. I know. It's, ter- <laughs> it's terrible hermeneutics, like, which is like how you interpret scripture. Yeah. Just like, if, don't, just don't do that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Please stop doing that. Just because it's annoying. <laughs> it's, it's really annoying. Because <laughs> it, it annoys me personally. Oh, man. All right. Well, all you potheads out there, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you have any questions, quips, comments, concerns, or quotes, you can email them to staycurious at hillcityrva.com. Rate and review us. We finally got over 100 ratings. There we go. There we go. We finally hit 100. We've got almost 60,000 downloads. Is that right? Or- yeah, we're clo- we're closing in on 60,000 downloads. So Keep humble it rolling. brag there. Keep them coming. And um, make sure to share the episode so others can get in on the conversation. And as always, until next time, remember to stay curious. curious. Thank you.